seaside by the shore the shop sells taffy and nothing more but down the way you can blow some glass it's a podcast he taught me about group groping there's a line from the screen he told me about group groping, and now he's a dirt bag teen. Hey, everybody. It's me, Brayden Cameron, and with me, as always, is Gary Butterfield. Hello, Gary. How are you? Into the group grope open. <laughs> uh, I'm good. Yeah. I haven't thought about that movie in a while. Yeah. What is that? What? Confessions of a Dangerous Mind? Yeah. I have never seen it. Uh, I feel like you told me about that one scene where they mm-hmm. someone mentions group growth. It's Willem Dafoe. The only thing that I feel like it needs to be, I need to know about that movie. As a Greg Kinnearyak, I feel like <laughs> I should I should watch it again. But as somebody who uh, as a Willem Dafoe, I think that maybe I shouldn't. The, uh... <laughs> you don't like Willem? I, I actually do like Willem. I just I just think he's is. I think that it's a certain point your face gets too much character. Sure, sure. You know? Yeah. I mean, he's probably, what, your second favorite Green Goblin? He's, <laughs> he's, he actually might be my favorite. Um, <laughs> what about... Brayden, can I give you a quick elevator pitch? Sure, please. Gary and Brayden are friends with ideas. Brayden, sometimes people like me are a little bit put off by star of stage and screen, Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we, I think he's a great actor. I think he's got a great voice. I like him as the Green Goblin. I just yeah. think that, uh, you know, I just think he's got a weird face and sometimes a little bit put off by him. What if there was a Willem Dafoe for the rest of us? What if there was Willem Dafoe, parentheses spelled the other way? <laughs> Which is a, a fake William Dafoe. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. yeah, yeah a, fa- a fake Willem Dafoe. Could be called William Dafoe, this version. <laughs> and, and it's just, uh, this is just one with just like a little bit of that, those rough edges smoothed out. You know? Yeah, yeah. Or, or rather, put back in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like, put take move some of those edges around. Yeah. yeah. Um. Just yeah. Just move them around. It's a. It's been some time. It has been. It's been a while since since we recorded. It has, and I and I think that uh, before we get started, uh, we owe everybody an apology. Oh yeah, I think so. We got behind on a little bit of stuff, and then we also, uh, Cole, your friend and ours, uh, had some family stuff that went on, and yeah. he does the, the back-end stuff, and it's it's stuff I, do, I either don't know how to do or don't have access to do, yeah. um, or what I've done, and uh, all those things kind of confluence to make a, uh, a couple late episodes. Yeah. So we apologize. But it's going to be all right. It'll be okay. We're back now. Um, as of the time we're recording, everybody's still waiting for the uh, the Jimmy's Chicken Shop episode, which I think is going to is a really good one. <laughs> so I think it's worth the wait. Yeah, um, but we uh, we apologize. Yeah, uh, I, for the record, that's that's in the Dropbox ready to go. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that that might be something that's uh, the back end. Okay. Cool. Is uh, Just... is messing it up. Okay. Um, yeah, but other than that, uh, I'm good. Okay. Good. How are you? Good. I'm doing okay. I'm a little bit frustrated, Gary, and if it's okay, I'd like to open up the vents. 
It's always okay to open. You know what? This this is the op- opening up the vents is the opposite of the rebuttal field. Put as much time as you want on the clock, and let's do it. I'm not sure how much time it will take, so yeah. here we go. Uh, as you uh, may recall, approximately one year ago, I moved into the place I currently live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, uh, in 45 days, I will my lease will be up. So that was, you know, it's a, yeah. about the time Ten I ended up signing up, you know. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> so at that time when I was signing the lease and, and learning all about it, I was informed that, that people would be coming into the apartment and they would be replacing the old, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, radiator heating with okay. new electric heat. Okay. Ooh. Electric heat. Sounds like a band. So, yeah, it does. I'm sure it is. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a, like the electric underwear. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, this process, I thought, would probably be smart for them to do before winter. Sure. Uh, you know, what with winter being the cold time. Well, winter uh, was coming. It was coming. And, you know, knowing about that it was going to happen in May, I assumed that they would get it done by October, maybe. Sure. Like However, the, the, the cooling season. Yeah. They didn't even get started until Ooh. February. Ooh. Uh, which is already ridiculous. And, you know, I put off not mentioning that my one radiator is uh, more or less broken and making terrible hissing and popping noises <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly like that. Okay. Uh, and I was like, I'll just ride it out and hopefully they'll come and replace it sometime in the near future. And then obviously never happened. Now, come March is when they finally start getting to my apartment. And uh, let me tell you this this great work that they've done in here. Mm-hmm. Um, what they did, like, they just keep putting slips on my door that say, like, we're coming in tomorrow. And then what they'll do is, like, they'll put one beam uh, on on my wall. And then they'll <laughs> just disappear. And then, like, two days later, I'll get another notice. And then they'll come in and they'll put the next beam in. And that's all they would do. Um, and that... And then eventually they got to the point where they like rewired things and they put a circuit breaker in and uh, there's a small heater in the bathroom and there's a tiny heater next to it um, outside. Now, when I say rewiring, Mm -hmm. you would think that they put the wires into the walls, right? Oh, yep. (laughs) They didn't. Uh, They just (laughs) ran like wire with like, you know, some that metal kind of corrugated covering just along the ceiling and the walls. Uh, and they drilled holes into the ceiling to bring the wires into other rooms. So I just have this like... It's like a squid. Yeah, it's like a squid, basically, of just shitty wiring in my apartment. Electric and um, in, Including in the bathroom, there's an old outlet that was there when I moved in, obviously. And mm. there's the new outlet located directly next to it. And they both work. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay. So yay for that. 
Um, and what what's continued to happen now, mind you, this was at the beginning of March, and they've they come in every like three to five days, and then I get like a week break, and then they start getting more like we have to inspect stuff, and they keep coming back. And it's like every other day there's a note on my door that says they have to come in and look at something. And all they do is nothing. Like, it's incredibly frustrating because I hate having my privacy invaded in any way whatsoever. Uh, and it's just won't fucking stop. Like, yesterday, there was a note on my door when I got home that said that they were going to come in today for the final inspection. And when I came in today... There's a note on my door that said, we're oh. really sorry, but we can't seem to get the inspectors to schedule. Oof. Fuck you. Don't leave notes on my door until you got shit figured out. I I hate <sighs> that. Yeah. I can, I, I'd like to, to, that would drive me, I'm having a, an empathy storm <laughs> for you right now. <laughs> because I, I hate people being in my living space. Yeah. Like I like like a workman or a landlord or anything like that. Like I hate it. I feel very invaded and uncomfortable the entire time. Right. Uh and just having that ping pong every few days. Yeah. Constantly happening. Uh yeah. that would drive me up the fucking wall. It's it's crazy. Like I the last time so this was last week. I got another note that said they were coming in after them not showing up the time before and leaving a note. Uh, and I, you know, called my landlord and complained and they're like, well, they told me this is going to be like the last one. So I was like, okay, I expected one more to come and now there's another one. And Mm. I'm like, I'm at this point where, I mean, I'm obviously I've hit my passive aggressive limit. So what I'm, I've saved all of the pieces of paper that said they're coming in and I'm just going to, when I leave in the morning, I'm going to tape them across the front of the door. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, so they have to like cut the door open, like to get in. Uh, <laughs> it's, like, like they're breaking into a scene of a crime yeah exactly they're their caution tape. I, want, I want them to know how inconvenient this has been for me um yeah you can get um uh like you can make a flip book yeah out of all of them of you of you moving out and slowly <laughs> packing your things yeah and it's yeah. like it's there's a point where i kind of like yesterday not yesterday but it was uh, last week when i came back home uh, there was someone in the empty apartment next next to mine, and I thought, oh, maybe they're going to come in. And I actually barricaded my door because I didn't want anyone coming in. I've never had to do that, and I, like, I felt very unsafe in my own home. That sucks. Yeah. I'm really sorry about that. Yeah. So there you have it. That's, that's opening up the vents for Brayton. Yeah. Yeah, the vents are open, man. The vents are open. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the, um, I'm really sorry that you're, that you're going through that. When you first... Yeah. A little, little peek behind the curtain. When we first started talking, I was like, how are you doing? Because we're friends. And yeah. I asked that. And then you said, oh, I'd like to save it for the show. But you said apartment troubles. And I was worried it was going to be your new apartment. Oh, no. Well, as far as I know, that everything's fine there. That's good. Yeah. Thank <laughs> thank goodness. I'm I'm on the apartment hunt myself. Yeah. And uh, and it's 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 a bear. I yeah, don't like it's no it. fun. We're both being cast into the Great Wide Open. <laughs> we certainly <laughs> are. It's like, wait, King! Um, <laughs> like, the, uh, what we're talking about today is uh, Into the Great Wide Open by Tom Petty. May he yeah. rest in peace. And his heartbreakers, many of whom are still alive. Yes. As far as I know. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Um, this, uh, was, this was a Brayton pick. You picked this it's, one. This was, uh, this was a Brayton pick. I figured, one, we haven't done any Tom Petty videos mm-hmm. at all. 
and reasonably so. A lot of them are pretty dull. They're all dull um, except for this one and Don't Come Around Here No More, which I yeah. could also see doing at some point. Yeah, and I think, you know, like, You Don't Know How It Feels has kind of got a, a feeling to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Last Dance with Mary Jane, not so right. bad. Yeah. Uh, but for the most part. What, what are we going to do? Talk about wildflowers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you belong to the wildflowers. You boring sack of crap. The, yeah. uh, no, no, I, I very much, I like uh, Tom Petty a lot. Do you, are you a Tom Petty fan? I, I am. I yeah. am. Especially the, you know, earlier, yeah. earlier works. Me too. I think, I think this is, I think this is a great song. Yes. Uh, and a very involved video. Uh, it's a movie. This is, yes. a, this is a cinematic experience. It is a, it is referred to as a short film yeah, on it, IMDb. <laughs> the short film by Tom Petty. And yeah. so we're going to go through all this stuff. Now, this is a nice, this recording session is a nice case study in different flavors of cinematic because the next episode we're recording is based on a movie, but I would argue that it is slightly less artful and successful. I would, <laughs> I would this say one. Slightly might be uh, an understatement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's this. This uses the language of cinema to paint a picture with yeah. with pictures. Yes. To, to paint words with pictures. This one, uh, that next one, does not. Yeah. Um, do you want to get right into it? Yeah, let's get. I'm right not into drinking it. anything. We should probably just get right into it. So, if you're familiar with the song "Into the Great Wide Open," you know mm-hmm. that it tells the story about. Eddie, who uh, waited until he finished high school. (laughs) (laughs) Which which was good of him. He's responsible. Tom Petty likes to educate. Um, Real quick, before my video started, I got a little Vivo ad for a new Alice in Chains album. Did you know those guys were still a thing? Uh, I knew they'd been touring. I didn't know they were making new music. I could have swore they like one of them was dead. Yeah, Lane Stanley's totally dead. Oh, who did they replace him with? Scott Stapp? Uh, no, I think, it's a, I think it's a like a, a journey Hood? situation where they found a guy who sounds enough just like, like him. him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then after you know fifteen years, they were like, "Let's let's write some new songs, guys, guys, guys. We're Alice in Chains. Let's write some new songs." I got this idea called Rooster Two. Yeah, <laughs> check it out. Like we're all going to be the Spoon Man. I know that's a different band. <laughs> that's um, so uh, this begins, uh, it begins with the implied backstory of Eddie going through high school. Yeah. What kind of grades <laughs> did he get? What kind of classes did he take? We'll never know. Well, because it, yeah. the video starts after that. But it seems like, uh, you know, it's in the Midwest. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of corn fields or yep. wheat fields around. <laughs> he walked out to catch a bus away from any bus route that has ever yeah. been. Yeah. Uh, and, and he moved to Hollywood and mm-hmm. got himself a tattoo. <laughs> Step one, when he went to Hollywood... Is you go get a tattoo. Now, this yeah. is being told to us. This has a rapper, which is Tom Petty in his Mad Hatter persona. Yes. Which is kind of like his, like, the same way Bono had, like, a Mephistopheles thing. Yeah. Tom Petty had a weird Mad Hatter phase. Um, reading a book called In the Great Wide Open in a tattoo shop, explaining yeah. this to us. Um, yes. So And Tom Petty also appears as the tattoo artist. As many people. He's got yeah. multiple cameos. It's like Big Mama's house. <laughs> <laughs> wait hold on does martin lawrence appear as multiple people in big mama's house i believe so <laughs> I, I mean it, i've never seen it yeah i, I just it, assumed you meant like uh the nutty professor where nut, eddie murphy plays everyone i i well i mean that that's a that's a case too i'm not mixing up martin lawrence and eddie murphy i okay. but i do think i think it happens in both movies however i have not seen either so okay. i could be wrong i thought i remember seeing a trailer for for Big Mama's house, where Martin Lawrence was multiple 
uh, characters in the extended Big Mama verse. Well, at the very least, he's playing himself and his undercover Big Mama, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess in, in that way, like all undercover cops <laughs> play these multiple roles. Um, so immediately gets a tattoo. Immediately, yes. first thing, he gets a tattoo of a knife being stabbed through a tomato. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be a heart, but it, yes. It looks nothing like that. Uh, and his tattoo artist, who is also Tom Petty, I think he looks just like an extra from Cabin Boy. Yeah, he me. does. He well, because he's got an eye patch, and yeah. uh, and he's not very good at pretending to tattoo something. <laughs> nope, he's kind of kind of holds it there. Um, he's got a big beard, eye patch, uh, getting that tattoo, and he meets a girl who also has this piece of flash art. You yeah, see it in the she background. Has a tattoo too. <laughs> she has a tattoo too. It's right in the background of this tattoo shop. Like he literally, mm. like you know, I know this guy's supposed to be kind of a rube. Yeah. He immediately walked in, pointed to the first thing he saw on the wall, and said, "Give me that." Yeah, like <laughs> we're we're both tattoo men. Both you much more so than, than I. Yeah, much more. Like you, you have what? Like you have five times as many tattoos as I have. Uh, I approximately. I'm yeah. I'm at the point where I haven't paid attention to how many I have, so I don't know. <laughs> but it's probably like north of twenty, right? Uh, it might be close to right 20. around 20 yeah. and I've got four. So like about five times as many as I do, but we both understand that you don't, uh, that flash is something to be like, that's a rare, that's a rare situation. Right. Like you do, you do. And for people who don't know, flash tattoo is, is stuff that like standards, like the, the book of, you know, hearts with the word mom under it. That right. They have. Exactly. You know, you're going to get a, a, a battleship or a, yes. a swallow. Yes. And, uh, the, you know, flash, like you might get it. Um, if like a lot of times tattoo places will do charity. Where they'll mm-hmm. do like you know if you donate a certain amount of money to this charity that today I'll give you a free piece of flash, right. you know things like that. But uh, Eddie, um, our our Midwestern dipshit, immediately goes in and just says like give me that. Lucky lucks out though because there's a hottie there who also has the tattoo who's just kind of loitering to pick up rubes who have yeah. just come into Hollywood on a bus. Who uh, who we should note uh, Eddie is played by Johnny Depp if we haven't mentioned that. Already. Yeah yeah yeah. Which and is uh, something. This, this video is star studded. Yeah, and the uh, the young lady that uh, has a tattoo too uh-huh. is uh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, most notably from Burn Notice. <laughs> yes, the 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 in descending order of stardom. If you don't count the members of Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, you have uh, uh, Johnny Depp, mm-hmm. the lady from Burn Notice, and then like Terrence Trent Darby. <laughs> well, Terrence Trent Darby, uh, China uh, Phillips, and there also uh, Faye Dunaway. Who I think is maybe more famous than... Faye Dunaway uh, is probably more famous than that. And also there's yeah. a guy who looks like Sylvester Stallone. Oh. So, <laughs> Wait, where is that guy? He's, a, he's, he's the one... I think he might be the guy who first discovers him in the club. Oh, I see. But, but we'll, get, we'll get there. Get there soon. Mm-hmm. Now, this guy and his, his child bride, they move into a motel. Which yes. is a place they can both afford. <laughs> so, which, I mean, I... I uh, Motels aren't cheap. No, no, no. This is way more expensive than, uh, you know, speaking of like apartment uh, things, there's yeah. like a shitty motel thing that like snakes its way onto all the apartment lists. Yeah. That always fools me into being an apartment, like an affordable apartment, but it is not. Yeah. It's just a motel thing that somehow like, you know, cheats. Yeah. To show up there. Um, they're in this motel, this expensive motel, hanging out by the pool. He gets taught some chords. Yes. Uh, by by his wife and is this lady who comes up and shows him the thing is she's like an agent right she's like the landlord she casts a spell later and gets struck <laughs> by lightning <laughs> Brayton <laughs> like this video is wild if you haven't seen it in a while yeah like, but it's it's really interesting and in how like 
basic and normal it is all this uh, until one moment and then it just is like what yeah it, it gets pretty crazy at there yeah. I, I was trying to figure out like who she was when she showed up there yeah um, no, i mean she's the she showed them the apartment in the first place that's yeah. Faye Dunaway's character is like the landlord who turns into, into an agent yeah like, yeah yeah um so he gets he gets a job where he you know he can hang out at the door um there's a regular Ter- terrence and darby cameo yeah. i believe and our and our china phillips and our china phillips cameo um he starts playing some shows hit he, he proceeds to spend most of his time kissing underwater in various locations <laughs> well he's very, he's very much in love he's very in love in a way that can only happen underwater yes you know i don't know i i when i think back to the most in love i've ever been in my life it was not underwater in love no like it was still I mean, mostly landlocked you have to be willing to almost die um I uh, I learned something pretty interesting today, or not uh-huh. today, yesterday. Uh, I listened to a podcast about drowning. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And you know how a lot of times in movies, when someone's drowning and somebody else will pull, hold out like a pole for them to grab, right? You know, um, in real life, if someone's drowning, that won't work because your your brain takes over, yeah. and you can't do that. You can't grab a pole. Right. You you literally have no control of your body as all you do is kind of splash and try to stay above water. Right. And you don't kick your legs. Your legs go stock still for some reason that is a mystery. Hmm. But that is how the body responds to drowning. It's when water like touches the epiglottis. Like that happens and you, you can't save your own life. Yeah. Like it's pretty, it's pretty bonkers. Like I was like, you know, I always, I always thought it was, you know, saw people hold out that stick. So if these two people were kissing in a pool or kissing in a cove or kissing you know, in a lagoon, all the various places they kiss in this video, yeah. if they did yeah. start drowning because like kissing, that's difficult underwater, I imagine. Yeah. Um, you could not save them. You're going to have to, like, spear them and bring them on the shore. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to harpoon like, them. Harpoon them, yes. We were captured by a pirate named Bart. Um, <laughs> he sold he us. wrote a record and it went in the charts. <laughs> it was about us being louse. Slaves. Yeah. Um, about being whales. Yeah, about um, being whales. He took our blubber like and he powered his lamps. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a uh, pair of whales going into the great wide open. Like that's yeah. a beautiful idea too. Yeah, they're very smart. Um, okay. Uh, he's getting shows at clubs though, and in, this is interstitial. I think it's probably time that we talk about uh, Big Tom Petty and the Tiny Tunes. Okay, let's talk about Big Tom Petty and the Tiny Tunes. I think that that's a good idea. Because they're going to keep flashing back, and they don't actually change that much. No. But uh, Tom Petty is in some sort of, like, drafting table, uh, artist table, uh, where he's reading the giant. Even, uh, he's, let's assume he's a giant. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Well, they have, if that's true, then there are giant solo cups. Yeah, And and stuff in this world. So, like, I'm I'm willing to go there with you, but it's a, you know... It seems okay. it seems likely that he's shrunk his band down in kind of like a downsizing. Yeah, that's kind of probably scenario. true. However, yeah. the Into the Great Wide Open book is still giant. It's really big. It's, it's like, like an like oversized a, prestige car, hardcover from Marvel. Yeah, like but like of an encyclopedia. Yeah, of of, of Eddie. Yeah, um, <laughs> the encyclopedia. And there's no way that he starts at the beginning. Like Into the Great Wide Open, it must have started like when he was born, or is when his grandparents were born. And he's just summarizing, you know. Like, yeah, he 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 took the entire like two thirds to three fourths of that book and changed it to he waited until after high school <laughs> to summarize that entire section. Um, yeah. 
let's go through the, the mini band, the Tiny okay. Tunes. Uh, we got the drummer. Yeah, he's playing on little Dixie cups with matchsticks. I think this is the most successful, like, smallification. It's very cute. Everyone else just gets tiny instruments. They don't even try to make, like, what the tiny versions would be. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, the keyboard stand looks a little different. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, maybe it's like a pen holder or something. Yeah, Um, but that's about it. And you got a guitarist and a bassist. Now, uh, the bassist is in a coffee cup. Mm -hmm. That's probably fine. The guitarist has to sit in an ashtray with lit lit cigarettes. (laughs) That's mis- that sounds miserable. Yeah, it, it, it looks miserable. Yeah, he he's just not doing so good. Yeah, you know. And then Tom Petty, who just sings, you know, of course, is is his Mad Hatter persona over a giant encyclopedia. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna flash back and forth to these these people every once in a while, and then every once in a while, there's like a page turning wipe or something yeah. like that that also tell remind us that we're in a story. Yes. Now Eddie's band are they not the Heartbreakers as well? They they are singing into the Great White Open. Are they singing Rebel Without a Clue? And yeah. then they sing "Into the Great Wide Open" as their second single. Yeah, I think they are. I think they're called the Rebels. No, I mean, are they played by the? Oh, um, I don't actually know. The Heartbreakers. The Wikipedia talks about the Heartbreakers getting cameos, but they don't mention as Eddie's band. Okay, um, they're they're like the guy who gives them an award. Yeah, like I know the the drummer is the doorman at the end. Yeah, uh, it's. I bring it up because the guitar player that he's playing shows with, that Eddie is playing shows with, appears to be twice Johnny Depp's age. And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a. Uh, he's he's definitely an old olden. Um, yeah. They get to uh, you know the 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 club. They get discovered here by the guy who looks like Sylvester Stallone meets Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, it really is like it's. It feels like that situation that I, I don't think actually happens in reality, but it seems to happen in like film. Uh, it's like this and um, uh, Purple Rain, for example, where it's like one band just plays the same club every day. Yeah, uh, <laughs> until they get discovered, and that's how they get big. Like. Oh yeah. yeah, no, we should go to the the lagoon and see Eddie Rebel and the Rebel Breakers. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The Rebel Breakers because uh Frank Stallone might be there. Yeah, and they're going to be playing every day for the rest of the year even And the same no song. There. Yeah, yeah the, the exact same song. Um and everybody in the audience, this is like a real 80s LA dirtbag kind yeah. of scene. You know, like uh it's a the, like a bunch of guys in suits, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and these guys look like they're like kind of shitty guns and roses is how they're kind of dressed, <laughs> you know, um, yes. very specifically, there's a moment where he gets discovered because he notices the, uh, the guy from the record exec company, he takes this opportunity to like throw a little tantrum and push his guitar around and right. push his mic stand. And then it switches to Frank Stallone who like goes, Oh yeah. Oh, he's got, <laughs> he's, he's got, got angst. He's got chutz paw. And, and, uh, Tom Petty isn't having it. As no, no, like no. The roadie slash roadie named Bart musician. Yeah, yeah. He. This is now the roadie named Bart is one of my favorite supporting characters we've dealt with in the show because he is so loyal. <laughs> he's he's not just a roadie. He's also the like chaperone or not chaperone, <laughs> but chauffeur. Probably a chaperone as well. After this, they stop doing underwater makeouts. Yeah, you know, true. so who, whose idea was that? Safety Bart over here <laughs> is going to stop them from drowning. You know, hey man, you're worth a lot of money now. Hey man, <laughs> you like. If all you lose your job, we all lose our jobs. All man. I do is tune guitars and make sure you don't die, man. Um, <laughs> hey, do yeah. you want to get a motorcycle that I can drive you on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would you get me a motorcycle? I'm sick of carrying you on my back, man. Um, incredibly loyal roadie. 
yeah. uh, here. This this is where he meets him. So this is a momentous night at the club. Mm-hmm. Absolutely momentous for uh, for Eddie and for this music video. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and for us. And for us, for everyone, yeah. really. Yeah. Um, so he gets picked up. Yeah. And this is the beginning of, of his rise, which inevitably leads to his fall. Yeah, which yeah. is, like, immediate. Like, the second he starts getting any taste of success, he's already, well, like, surly and drunk. And what an asshole. Drugs. Yeah. I, that's, like, I wrote notes for this. I don't always write notes, but I went to a coffee shop to, to vote. To like yeah. fill out my ballot and drop off my, my ballot. And uh, I wrote down notes to make sure I remembered. And most of my notes are just what a dick and what an asshole. <laughs> like, he's it's such a prick how, in this video. Yeah, how Johnny Depp's character, Eddie, mirrors actual Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but like, this is way ahead of his time. Yeah. Because you know, Johnny Depp didn't turn into this kind of prick until like pretty late. Yeah, at least a know? couple of years later. Yeah. Uh, so, and there's a couple of weird little, little uh, rhymed things here because he's gets mm-hmm. a leather jacket with chains that would jingle yeah. and we're given the helpful sound effect of jingling mm-hmm. uh and then the a and r man says he don't hear a single yeah and that seems like that should be that like that line should have been in like two verses from now when things are going real bad this is his yeah. first album the a and r guy doesn't hear a single what is he gonna do you know and the, is this just he got a shitty a and r man I don't know. Maybe it, it's very possible. Maybe maybe he's like, you know what? We've all heard "Into the Great Riot, Wide Open" slash mm-hmm. "Rubble Without a Clue." Mm-hmm. It's time to move on. And, and he just he's a one trick pony. Yeah. You know? But the, here here he's not. He rocks the top. He gets interviewed by Tom Petty. Yeah. Uh, in a you know in, a, in a, the clump like, manner. The more I think about it, the idea of of Bart's loyalty and how he could probably just be pretending to like boost uh, Eddie's ego mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's, he's gaslighting one. him yeah he's like oh i'll just pretend to be a reporter and he'll feel like <laughs> a big deal it's actually the same character and that's <laughs> yeah. the narrator that's how he gets his scoops yeah that's exactly. how he gets his encyclopedias of eddie yeah i mean he was there from the beginning at the tattoo shop that's actually true boy you know who that reminds me of who your favorite character of all time uh deacon Oh, God. <laughs> Not that bag of shit. <laughs> From Fallout 4, one of my favorite instances of you just hating pure, pure, unadulterated hate for what could generously be described as like a C- minus to C-level Bethesda NPC. And, uh, and, you know, for people that weren't uh, aware... Uh, my hate was immediate. It, that's that's what makes it funny. Like there was a uh, Deacon for about eight seconds, and I was like, <laughs> "Fuck this dude!" <laughs> like we, because uh, I think like your exposure to Fallout Four was watching uh, Will play it a little bit, and then watching me play it. Yeah, me and Will took turns essentially, and then just like start going down, and I just like, you know, he pops out, and he's like, you know, hey man, you gotta join the railroad, and you're like, "Fuck this guy." <laughs> <laughs> fuck this dude i'm like oh let's you know he keeps disguising himself and following me around he's like yeah what a piece of shit <laughs> it's very funny yeah like it started uh, as a joke and it then became it the whole world crying um i love it it's very yeah. funny um so he's rising up the the the, the charts the yeah. doorman who lets him into the club here who's played by the drummer yes. looks a lot like tom green i think in this scene i could see that i could see okay. that but is, what is with the guy who's screaming on the motorcycle? I, I don't. I think he's supposed to be like a paparazzo or something. Yeah. He's just like yeah, Eddie. But he's like he's he's. I don't understand. He's having like a anaphylactic shock or something. Like he's <laughs> he got like, stung by a bee off screen. Like <laughs> people never come to the club that are famous. 
Uh, you guys had Terrence Trent Darby yeah. here fairly recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they get in. Yeah, they get, that is real weird. It's rewound. It's extremely strange. <laughs> For people who are watching at home, it's about four minutes and, and 46 seconds into this. Don't believe it or not, six minute and 41 second video. Yeah. Um, now, this is when the manager comes in dressed up like late era Courtney Love. Yeah. Which and, she's wearing like a ball gown and then like tiara. Um, yeah. And they, they won't let her in. He won't. And he looks back. He ignores her. A thunderstorm starts. She She's pushed back. She pulls out a magic wand. I think it's just like her cigarette holder, but yeah. It, it is exactly <laughs> like Bav Morda casting the spell to drain Alora Dannon from the end of Willow. Because <laughs> lightning like circles around her, yeah. her cigarette holder. She, she straight up casts a spell and then like has a heart attack or something? Well, she, no, because she, she shows up later, but she just fall, like falls down. I, I don't know that she got struck by lightning or maybe the spell backfired. Yeah. You know, maybe that guy who had the bee sting is casting a counter spell. I, I don't you know, know. I don't know. Uh, I think I think uh, she's successful. She just is drained. That that could be it. She 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 failed her arcane check. Yeah. And now is fatigued. Yeah. Um, now uh, here is where Eddie becomes literally the world's worst monster yeah. for the rest of rest of the video. He is a cartoonish villain. Yeah, and we we have uh, some. Some real classic sexism here. Of oh yeah, Vanity Fair's cover that says Eddie's girl pregnant. Yeah, and and it's double sexism because while Eddie's girl is having a baby, he's shoving it in her face. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like hey, look, she's screaming because because her insides are being stretched to their actual mortal limit. Yeah, to to bring a miracle of life into this world that he put in her, and all he's doing is being like, look, I got it on the cover of Vanity Fair, and you're there too, baby. Yeah, you're, you're there too, my girlfriend. I got you on Vanity Fair by putting my dick in you. Yeah, this is the fucking worst. Yeah. Uh, so this is now Eddie's life is bad now. He's uh he's trying to start his second single, which is Into the Great Wide Open, I yeah. believe. The video is him like with some goop on his face in yeah. prison. What's this goop, dude? I think it's supposed to be kind of a, a Jailhouse Rock parody. I don't know. I don't know that. Does that does that video or movie have a lot of goop? Uh, there's no goop, but there is like you know Elvis's classic pompadour and a jail scene. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I think it's definitely Jailhouse Rock. I just don't know why he's all slimed. I don't know. Like he's clearly. I'm not just imagining it either. He's like clearly got like purple makeup or something. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. He's he's like supposed to be dirty or something. Maybe he was trying to escape from. Oh, he, he crawled. He crawled through the Shawshank shit shack. Yeah, he crawled through the Shawshank shit shack. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, and he's uh, Bart now has picked up a second job uh, as, a, as a as a PA. Yeah, as a PA, uh, yeah. some sort of production assistant on the video shoot, uh, which wins an award apparently. Which is weird because during the thing it shows him throwing a fit because the the, the camera the sky camera is not getting close enough to him. Right. He is a cartoon vein monster now. Yeah. Like it's 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 enough. It just has to be in his face. And yeah. I don't actually I didn't read this as it winning an award because she doesn't quite announce it yet. I read this as him assuming he won, coming up and taking the award. Well. I guess I mean she's clapping, so I maybe she's just pretending or something. But I yeah. mean, I guess I guess you're right. But then the next when they show the single, it's it's dropping down the charts. It's true. It's true. But yeah. that's you know because he wore that hideous 
like jacket. Yeah, what, what is I, he wearing in I that scene, the, my friend? Like, like Tom Petty as the roadie named Bart is exactly how he dresses in like real life, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um and is, you know, the quote unquote rock and roll guy. And then they like they made a caricature of like what a rock and roll guy is, and it's Eddie Rebel, and it's so far fetched and ridiculous it, wearing like this terrible like uh, American flag leather jacket or whatever. It, it's I wish it was American flag. Like oh, I, I paused keyboards. it to look at it. It's it's what well, some keyboards. There's a keyboard in the lower right. It looks like a, it's the same material as like a NASCAR jacket. Oh. Some keyboard musical no- notes. But isn't the thing on his right breast a leprechaun's hat? <laughs> and there's some green stars sure. as well. It's right at five. It's like a Lucky Charms it looks sort like, of a thing. It looks like it's a pilgrim slash Lucky Charms hat. Like, oh is it just boy. supposed to be music and holidays? What is this jacket? Well, he's got a guitar on it. Yeah, but then it kind of it doesn't exist across the zipper area. It's bizarre. I don't. One know. of the world's ugliest jackets. Truly. It is really gross. Yeah. Absolutely amazing, amazing ugly jacket. Yeah. Uh, and now his relationship is over. The mother mm-hmm. of his child, uh, he's in the pool, not kissing anybody. Yeah, maybe that's the problem. He's been in the pool, not kissing anyone. <laughs> he's just, and he's when he's fully dressed. I, I don't exactly know what's going on. My assumption um, is that uh, since she's still dressed up, that mm. that was immediately following the uh, events of the. Oh evening, yeah, and uh, he got trashed, and she's tired of it. After after he wins awards, he likes to go swim all night yeah, by himself. Or pass out in the pool or whatever. <laughs> pass out in the pool because he might be a mer creature. Yeah, we we haven't established that. Right. She throws all his moon men in the pool. Good old loyal Bart comes and picks him up to take him on a tour of his despair. Yes, <laughs> take him around town to show him them taking down his signs and stuff. Right. Uh, and past uh, Faye Dunaway is hanging out outside of the Capitol Records building. Yep. Uh, happy that her spell has worked apparently <laughs> the curse has taken hold but it seemed like it, it was on its way to take hold anyway <laughs> it, it, it would have taken yeah it was uh it, she just pushed it over the edge yeah. that's because it, it's like a dumbo's feather thing yeah um he's hanging out on on his harley not, not driving it in front of a movie theater showing Thelma and louise uh bart comes up and shows him and backdraft uh yeah. bart shows up and shows him a newspaper that sh- that tells him that he got dropped from his label yeah so he kicks over a bunch of Harleys. Which, you know, it, it, if I know anything about kicking over Harleys, and everything I know about it is from Pee-wee's, Pee-wee's Big, Big Adventure. Adventure. Yeah. That doesn't go over well. No, no, no. He, he still gets away with it because he's, cause he's Eddie. Yeah. Gets away with it long enough to go to a tattoo shop and see the cycle start all over again. With Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. <laughs> TV's new rebel. He's new rebel, Matt LeBlanc. Oh, Matt, Matt LeBlanc is get the... ready for him to pitch baseball games with a chimp. <laughs> I was born ready for such chimp. Um, yeah, and that, that's the uh, the end of the thing. I don't think this this video is uh, particularly insightful or anything, but I find it very entertaining, and I love this song. I, yeah, I mean the song's really good. I don't remember the song in particular being seven minutes long mm. uh, when it's on the radio, so they must have really like stretched out the choruses uh, a bit. But yeah, I think I di- I think I did it when Tom Petty died at karaoke, yeah. and I, I definitely didn't do it for seven minutes. If so, like my friends should have strung me up. <laughs> Like when I did uh, uh, Gary on My Wayward Son, and I forgot yeah. that song was nine minutes long. <laughs> exactly like that. And it's like I sing one line, and then there's a four-minute guitar solo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we didn't, not tons of digressions today, but this is a long, dense video. Yeah. 
I think it's um, a great video. It's a uh, well, it's a great song, and it's a pretty good video. But it's definitely like of that era of like high production. Yeah, music yeah. videos are an art form. This, this cleared the way, good or bad, for November Rain. <laughs> I feel like yes, for sure. You know, and and uh, for for all that, it, like there's that um, that Onion headline where it's like uh, Wes Anderson goes up on stage and sets himself on fire because of all he has wrought. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's it's, yeah. it's a little bit like that. It reminds you of that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The uh, so we we've learned a lot today, Brayden. We have we have learned a lot. We learned Learn. about uh, what you do after you wait until you finish high school. Mm-hmm. We learned exactly. We learned all about the life cycle of an Eddie. What happens from his pupil <laughs> high school phase all the way to, to when he becomes a beautiful chrysalis. Yeah. And hatches into a beautiful butterfly, and then slowly desiccates and dies. Yeah. Uh, from a spell from the the witch queen Bavmorda. Oh, speaking of which, we totally forgot the most important part. The tomato disappears from his tattoo. It's oh just yeah, it a knife. fades. Yeah, it fades. So it's just a knife. He didn't take care to good care of his tattoo. Too much swimming. No, I think. I yeah, I think that's part of the magic too. It's yeah. Just, oh yeah. Become yeah, yeah. a bad person. Yeah, and that's how tattoos work. Yeah. For people who don't know, like all of my tattoos are in okay shape because I'm still okay. Yeah. But they're a little faded because I'm not that great. Yeah, but you know when you have a magic roadie named Bart that is also your <laughs> tattoo artist. And when he comes back, that's the thing that throws me off is there's a guy who gives him, like, a knowing smile. The tattoo artist gives him a knowing smile. Yeah. But it's not the same tattoo artist. No, it's not. It's not, it's not Bart in disguise or anything, a.k.a. Yeah. Deacon. I, I wonder if um, that's just Bart getting better at shape-shifting <laughs> and glamours. <laughs> yeah, do you think Bart has learned, learned some new glamours from Bav Morda? And he would have had to learn to teleport because he was all the way across town. Please, telebart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hey man, I'm over here. I'm over here now. Do over you know here. How good of a roadie I am. I just have to pick up the snare and it's on the stage. I can tune all the guitars at once. Um wanted. Roadie who can be in two places at once. Hell yeah, it's Bart's time to shine. <laughs> Finally all that fame magic and the like the deal that I do with an elder god is fate, fate magic. Yeah. Who do you learn that from? Uh, I don't know who. F- fate Dunaway. Oh, of course. Yeah, the uh, <laughs> the that's the, that's the the lady who plays, plays the manager, right? You're right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, we learned a lot today. We learned a lot about magic, a little bit about living, a lot about ourselves. But you ain't seen nothing yet. Because every episode, teenager bags ends with a poem by onion. Brayden, do you have a poem about Onion? I do, and I like. I'm suddenly wishing I had written this about Jeff Lynne, <laughs> uh, and how he's like the weird member of uh, the, the Wilburys. Wilburys. Yeah. Can I can I um can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah. To, to tell a related thing, and I, I I know I've told this before, but you you know Andy Harold. Yeah. I used to draw my old band. It was one of my favorite. Like it's not a joke, but just funny things to say. Was uh, he used to say like, "Can you imagine being Willie Nelson when they they were announcing the traveling Wilburys?" Yeah, and it's like you know, here's uh, Tom Petty, and everyone's like, "Yeah, that makes sense." And they're like George Harrison, they're like, "Yeah, he's a legend, he's a Beatle," and they're like, "Here's Roy Orbison," and it's like, "Oh, it's a little bit off, but it's, that's great, he's really good." Yeah. And Jeff Lynn, yeah. and then Willie Nelson just being like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, like where it goes, Derek calls up Bob Dylan, and it's yeah. like, "Come on, yeah, we, we like, what are you doing?" Uh, he's just been watching his phone for months. 
I'm the one who came up with the Wilbury name. <laughs> it's the traveling Wilmy. Yeah. Okay, um, traveling me berries. <laughs> I wanted to be the traveling me berries. Yeah. All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. This uh, poem does not have a title. China can't mass produce your produce. The FBI can't get the skinny on your skins. Whether they are blooming or loaded on a potato husk. You've got a secret in those thin layers. A tantalizing treat. Magnesium. Let the fireworks begin. (laughs) Oh, classic. Thank you. (laughs) I love it. Oh, very good. Let the fireworks begin. (laughs) That is very funny. Thank you. Um, If you like the show. Yeah. The best thing to do is support the entire network on Patreon. Yeah. Go into patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. It's a cool place to hang out, cool place to be, you get cool rewards, uh, and uh, we really appreciate it. It keeps the network going. Yeah, definitely give it a, give uh, give that a look-see if you like. Uh, you can also rate and review things on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and those, those are pretty much it. Yeah, you can tell your friends. Yeah, those are the things we need. And then, um, uh, as a final thing, I just want to throw in a personal plug. Oh, please. A uh, per- little personal plug here. Uh, also, check out the Existence is Futile podcast, which is a, a brand new Star Trek The Next Generation uh, podcast that some friends of mine are doing. And I are I'm doing the episode synopsis on each uh, each uh, of their episodes. Oh, wow. Um, so, so I'm reading them directly from IMDb, which uh, five episodes in. And uh, we already ran into some like really glaring grammatical errors. That... That, that's a that's an issue all the time on Days of Future Cast. Yeah, because like sometimes they're very accurate and sometimes they're very inaccurate, mm-hmm. and sometimes they're one sentence and sometimes they're like four paragraphs. <laughs> exactly. Um, who uh, who's doing that podcast with you? That is, well, it's not with me. I just do the oh. the intros. But um, that is uh, my friend Mary Jedlica or mm-hmm. Mary Cardona. And um, and her friend, uh, whose real name I don't actually know. Another mystery. I know. He goes by, like, uh, Gooey Fam. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah. He'll marry like a, Gooey Fam. Like gooey. a Gooey Duck. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's fantastic. That sounds great. Yeah. Recommend it. Um, good night, everybody. Or until next time, we vow in 2016. To have a better sign off. It's been a little while. Well, yeah, I think we we actually bumped it up to 2017 in the last. Oh, episode. that would be great if we got a better sign off by 2017. It would be nice. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, but it'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Umbasa. Umbasa.